Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Thank you guys and what a great sense. I wish you could be in the room with us here because it is just something special when we uh, gather together like this to worship. So thank you guys. Take a seat and chill while we read through the scriptures this morning. We're continuing to work through the book of Colossians. This morning I'm going to read from the message paraphrase, which is slightly different, but it gives us a wonderful perspective on what Paul wants to say to us about Jesus and his church. Because what we've been saying in this series is that we all revolve around something. Christians believe life works better when we revolve around Jesus. And Paul gets to the very heart of what this means for Jesus and his church in verse 24 of Colossians 1, where he says, I want you to know How glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering that Christ takes on. I welcome the chance to take my share in the church as part of that suffering. When I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift, God's way of helping me serve you, laying out the whole truth. And here it is from Paul. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know his rich and glorious secret inside out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. And this mystery in a nutshell is this, that it's Christ in you. And so therefore you can look forward to sharing God's glory. It's that simple. That's the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. We all revolve around something and Christians believe that life works better when we revolve around Jesus. Churches all revolve around something and we believe that church works better when the church revolves around Jesus to which many of you would say well of course the church revolves around Jesus of course the church revolves around Jesus it's the church but does it insert sarcasm here (laughs) have you ever seen have you ever been a part of an uncentered church an off-centered church a sort of church that is the church equivalent of what I spoke about the other week where the washing is out to the right hand side of the washing machine and it's shaking itself to death Uh, we've seen throughout history uh, what happens when the church gets off center and off Jesus Uh, you only have to look at the news you need to go look at a church called Westboro Baptist and really wonder whether or not that is defined as a church. There's all sorts of interesting churches if you look around the world. Uh, But at the same time too, this is something that's been happening throughout history. In fact, just about every latter part of Paul's letter to the churches in what we Christians call the New Testament is a letter to churches helping them not get off-centre from Jesus. And at the broadest level, if you look at the earliest history of the church, By 300 AD, there came a point with Constantine where the church decided to swap Jesus out at the centre and power when the church got nationalised as the religion of the state. Power, in many essence, became the centre of the church and, man, the church has been paying for it ever since. (laughs) Have you ever seen an 
off-centered church. In fact, some of you, and many of you have been at Northside, because it's the sort of church we are, you are the sort of people who have come to church because you've either been hurt by a church or you've blown out of a church that's been a little bit off-center. And <laughs> I've found it as a pastor over the, over the years is that people rarely walk away from the faith, faith in Jesus. They often work, walk away from a version of the faith. And here's why we get versions of faith, because throughout history, right from the beginning of the New Testament, 300 AD, modern day Christianity, throughout history, the church has always had a tendency to make something other than Jesus their version of the faith. Haven't you seen this? <laughs> it's... It's their theology or their stance on a political issue or their way of doing things in accordance with the Bible or their particular stance or their particular aspect of the gospel. We're a justice church, we're a community church, whatever it might be. They take, in many ways, the Bible, theology, community, they take things which are good and biblical and they make them the centre, not Jesus. And as a result, well, as a result, we've begun to brand the church we create our own brand of church <laughs> and, and you'd experience this you might experience this if you're a Christian like a Johnny and Luba who's moved in from overseas and you're looking for a church maybe you've experienced this in the way that your friends ask you the question the way that sometimes my friends and neighbors ask me they say this have, have you ever been asked this question they say what type of church is your church and don't people, particularly unchurched people, particularly non-Christians, don't they ask you that question? So, are you one of those churches that has the hands in the air? Are you one of those churches that does hymns or is it modern music? Are you a Bible teaching church? Are you a justice related church? We've got all these different ways. And so the church throughout the years has split itself into a whole range of different brands. Have you found that? But here's the thing too, have you ever noticed that the things, the distinctives that we think are important as Christians for choosing a church are things that your friends and my friends that don't know Jesus yet are things that they really don't care about? <laughs> my friends don't care whether we put our hands up and down in worship or whether we're a Bible teaching church or whatever. It just—it's not—it doesn't even register for them, and so in in many ways, I think we need we need a, a new apologetic, a new way of seeing the church. Because, look, I think unchurched people to the church—they're uh, like what my wife is to golf. I mean, <laughs> she gets it. She drives past the golf course just about every day of the week because I happen to detour there most times, much to the frustration of my kids. She sees it. She knows what it is. She sees people on it. She can even see inside it. She's heard me talk about it all the time. But do you think I could ever get her to tee off at the first tee of North Ride Golf Club? No way. That's not that she's against golfers. That's not that she's anti-golf. It's not that she's a golf atheist. It's simply that golf just isn't her thing. I, Sam, I see it, I, I understand it, you hit a white ball around a course, that's what you do, it's just, it's fine, it's just that I'm ungolfed. So many of our friends and our family that we want to get to know Jesus, they're not, they're not anti-church, they're not aggro against the church, they're just unchurched. 
And many of the distinctions that you and I get so caught up in are the very things that really don't matter much to them. In fact, uh, I, I, a good friend of mine who watches this stream, they're living out in the northwest, they've been looking for a new church. It's too far for them to travel down here. And they said, Sam, when we get out of lockdown, we want to go back to the church. Can you recommend a good church for us out in the northwest? And I thought, hmm, let me see. There's quite a large church out in the northwest, an international church out there. They went out there, they visited there, they came back and they said, Sam, I'm a bit concerned. The pastor's in the news all the time. I'm just not sure about his stance. I'm not sure how I could turn up to a church when all these things are happening there. You can obviously read before that. Don't put it in the forum if you're clever. You know, <laughs> We all know the church that we're talking about and I love that church. And I said to this friend, hey, look, Forget about the pastor. You need to be asking yourself this question. When you turn up to that church and when you worship at that church, does that church lead you one step closer to Jesus? And they said, yeah. And I said, if that's the case, it sounds like a great church. Because that church and our church and so many beautiful and wonderful churches that are worshipping and live streaming at exactly the same time we are, go and check them out. A lot of amazing churches have come to this conclusion. We've concluded that following Jesus makes life better and he also makes you better at life. And I think that needs to be the distinction, which by the way, if you're looking to choose a church, if it's our church, you need to ask yourself the question, does this church lead me one step closer to Jesus? And that's what Paul got. And his, Paul's dynamic in this passage is quite startling. I, it really stood out to me when I looked at this passage this week because it's a remarkable approach to his salvation. It's a remarkable approach to his following Jesus. Look at what he says here in verse 25. He said, when I became a servant in this church, I experienced suffering as a gift. When I became a servant in this church, here's the thing. Paul had never been to the church that he's writing to. He, he couldn't have been the ser a servant of a church in a physical place. He'd never been there. Paul was a servant of the church. And as a result, he has a much bigger picture where if Paul was looking for a church today, he wouldn't be worried about geography. He wouldn't be worried about the music style. He would just be worried about this thing that he leads you and I to. He says, if you want to know how to define church, here it is, people. He says, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. This is what makes church. He said, God wanted everyone Underline everyone. In fact, if you're on the online forum, type everyone so you remember this in the online forum. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out. So in other words, Paul is saying what makes a church a church is that it's a group of people who are responsible for stewarding this truth. God came for everyone regardless of your religious background, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, regardless of your wealth, regardless of your sexuality, uh, regardless of your race, God came for everyone. And he says, you and I are stewards of that truth. If we're going to have a brand church, if we're going to have a brand, let us be known for the church that is for everyone. <laughs> Now, look, we're not a perfect church, but I would like to hope that we are the sort of church that has been built on that sort of DNA. It's why, biblically, now you can see now, Colossians chapter 1, it's why Sam says over and over again, I know you're rolling your eyes already, but we're a church where you can belong before you believe and you believe before you behave. 
because that's what I call centered set Christianity if I'm going to get technical with you theologically. But biblically, what Paul was saying is that so long as you have an interest in Jesus, so long as you're turned towards Jesus, so long as you are placing Jesus at the center of this church, regardless of your background, you can be a part of the family. Church is for everyone. To which many of you say, amen, awesome, I, I, I get that, I'm with that. But, and here's the tension, here's the wrestle, and I've seen it way too much as a pastor. If Jesus is at the centre of the church, then it has to mean that our life in the church will be a life filled with tension. And hear me out here, it's, it's like this, I don't know about you, but in my childhood, uh, growing up in the 80s, kid of the 80s, Beacon Hill Public School, uh, our, our PE, physical activity, was parachute dancing. Did, did any of you guys have parachute dancing? That, that, we've got a few. I've got a few amens. Can I get an amen in the floor? Parachute dancing. And we would, we would throw uh, basketballs into the centre of this uh, parachute and we would flick them up in the sky and we'd find that as we would put a basketball into the centre of this giant parachute, that basketball would pull the parachute down towards the centre. And so the only way in order for the parachute to remain firm is that everyone had to pull outwards as the thing in the centre pulled inwards. The church is a giant parachute dance and that basketball is Jesus. And if Jesus is at the centre of the church, there will always have to be, there always should be, if we're a healthy church, a tension in that. Because it's the tension where Jesus will pull against us individually, our thoughts, our way of living our life, our theology, all of these aspects. He will be at the centre of it and there should be a tension. In fact, if there's not a tension, then it's not a church centred in Jesus. <laughs> Any church that's no tension is really a church that doesn't revolve around Jesus, it revolves around you. And in fact, I've met people over the years that the minute there's any tension within the church, well, then we find a church that is not going to create that tension. One of the things that I love about this place at Northside is that we're, that we're a church that seeks with Jesus at the centre to place these tricky issues of race and, and of culture and of sexuality and of politics and all these things and to... And to, to drop Jesus at the centre of that parachute of issues that we're dealing with and allow him by his Holy Spirit to help us work out the way that we would head forward. We're not a church full of necessarily theological positions or policies on these issues because we believe that God works in the middle of that tension. And if there is one thing that we're always going to be about, we're a church that's going to be for everyone. <laughs> and we know, we know that you just go back and look at our DNA message that there's a lot of tricky things that come with being a church that seeks to accept people where they are and help them to be all that God has intended them to be. But look, here's the thing as we get practical and get ready to finish this up this morning, is you know, often as we wade into a whole range of tricky and difficult societal issues as we head forward as a church, I'm just resolved in this. I don't know about you, but I find it much easier to pull than push a piece of string. And what I mean by that is that the keeping Jesus at the centre of our church is the easiest way to live life as a church because if it's just fundamentally around what, how would Jesus lead his church if he was the senior pastor? In fact, Jesus is the senior pastor. I get reminded of that about every quarter from my son. I got reminded about it, uh, reminded about it once when I put him to bed and he said, Daddy, why have you got to go to a meeting? And I said, well, buddy, Daddy's the boss of the church. And he said, you're not the boss of the church. Jesus is the boss of the church. 
My, my best mate in America has the same sort of joke where he calls me the assistant to the regional manager. It's an office obscure BBC joke, but you can go and read that up. In other words, if Jesus is leading our church, um, then what have we got to do to, to be pointing people towards Jesus? And here's our framework if you want to know how it works behind it. The first one, and it comes from this passage, first of all, is Jesus just accessible? Is this the sort of place where Jesus is accessible? Paul says God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside out. Is Jesus accessible? The way that we do that is we choose our language, we choose our service, we plan things to assume that people who have never heard about Jesus can hear about Jesus in a practical way, in a way that doesn't confuse them. My father, when he first went to church as a kid, came back from church. His mum asked him, what did you learn about? And he said, I, I learned about a, a fuzzy bear called Gladly. She's like, what do they teach you in kids' school? He said, well, yeah, I learned about Gladly the cross-eyed bear. <laughs> They're laughing here, so I'm just going to leave it out there. <laughs> There are lots of things that we say in church. Salvation, justification, sanctification, any of the shuns confuse people the same way that gladly the cross-eyed bear does. <laughs> for a church that wants to be for everyone, then we'll be a church for everyone at the risk of offending someone. And I'm okay with that because our mandate and your responsibility and my responsibility is to, to remain a church for everyone. The minute we, we get worried about someone and not Jesus at the centre of our church. We become the sort of church that gravitates towards the inside, not the outside. Is it accessible? The other one, Paul says here, is it simple? This mystery in a nutshell is this, Christ in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. He says it is that simple. That's the substance of our message. We aim to keep church simple here. That's why we preach the way that we do. It's why we talk the way that we do. I mean, like, if you want to get into the whole aspects of consubstantiation and all the rest of it, then watch YouTube. It's fine. But at this level, we keep church simple because Paul says, fundamentally, the, the message of Jesus is simple. Jesus will make your life better and he'll make you better at life. And so we keep it simple. It's why we talk the way we do. It's why we preach the way we do. It's why, you know, wonderfully, last week, Barry said, a 15-year-old that said, I loved your message, Barry. It's understandable, it's relatable. We, we, we deliberately stay simple with what we do on a Sunday. But hear this, simple never means simplistic. We always aim for a simplicity on the other side of complexity. And that's why we wrestle these things through in groups during the week on a Monday and a Thursday on SuperConnect. Because simple doesn't mean simplistic and the issues we talk are tricky. And the last thing we do is this, <laughs> is, is, is Jesus accessible? Is, is Jesus simple in this church? And is Jesus helping people grow? Paul says we teach, and I love this. This, is, this should be up behind us every time we talk. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to community, to, to maturity. We are a church that seeks to communicate uncluttered Christianity. We're a church that seeks to keep things simple so that you can take that and grow in that. We're not a church that seeks to have more and more information because information without growth is just inflammation. <laughs> it's stagnation. So you have to constantly be asking, what does this mean for me in growing up in Jesus? Because I've said to you once before, your job is to grow up so you can help others grow up. That's from Ephesians. So, is Jesus accessible? Is Jesus simple? Is Jesus helpful? That's the framework as to why, how we do everything here in order to keep him at the centre. And so, for you this morning, 
This is the question that you and I, I think if we seed this principle into our lives, will constantly keep Jesus at the centre of the church. You ask yourself this church-changing question. You ask yourself this life-changing question. It's a question where you can use it however you want, whether it's in a conversation, whether it's in a home group, whether it's in chatting to the pastors, whether it's chatting to a friend. The question is this, how will, and insert your topic, help me or others follow Jesus? Simple as that. (laughs) Insert what you want into that at whatever level of complexity, but how will it help others follow Jesus. We teach with a profound common sense. Just because it's simple doesn't mean that it's easy to apply. The Bible is full of lots of simple answers that are difficult to apply. That's why we wrestle this out in community. But the thing is, and we've got to remember church, every church, not just our church, but our church is a part of this, not just the modern church, the early church, every church throughout history has had a tendency to gravitate towards its version of the faith and away from Jesus. And so each and every week, if we ask ourselves those questions, how do I help follow Jesus? We can help keep Jesus at the center of what we do. Which what it means for you this morning, particularly if you're a Northsider, Paul would say, you've got a responsibility to steward that. How do you continue to keep the main thing, the main thing at this church? And that main thing is Jesus. It might mean for you too, if you're watching in this morning, you're a person who is, like my wife, ungolfed. Maybe maybe we've lucked out and you're watching a live stream and you're hanging here and you're going, you know what, church, it's, I, I know the hands in the air, the singing, it's just not my thing, I just don't do church. Or maybe you're someone who's been hurt by the church. Maybe you're someone who's been burnt by the church. And this morning, I want to invite you back. Not back to church, not back to singing, not back to hands in the air, not back to theology, but back to following Jesus because I'm convinced of this. Following Jesus makes life better and following Jesus makes you better at life. Let's keep that at the centre of our church. Let's pray. Father, would you help us with this dynamic? Would you help in each of those multitude of moments that happen in this precious thing called Northside Community Church, the conversations the one-to-ones, the pastoral interactions, the community groups, the eldership meetings, the worship services, our kids' ministry, our engagement with the local community, every facet of this church. I'm praying over a couple of hundred Northsiders who each, including myself, have that one mandate. And that is, because of you, Lord Jesus, keep this to be a place for everyone. So we would ask that through your Holy Spirit, you would guide us and help us in that process. You would guide words, you would guide thoughts, you would guide all that we do as we seek to do the best that we possibly can. We're not perfect, but do the best we can to keep you not only at the center of our lives, but at the center of our church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's why we do what we do. come to this moment, I I talked to Bernsey, our worship pastor, who's on a well-deserved break this morning. But this is the moment where Jesus is at the centre of all that we do. Where we stop. And on one hand, 
there's an opportunity for us to repent and to say, hey, maybe there have been times in which you haven't been at the center of our lives and at the center of our, our church, Jesus. We're sorry for that. But also it's the great and wonderful and the positive leveler to say that, hey, Jesus, this is why we do what we do. <laughs> that we're not going to get to get too caught up in our brand. We're going to get too caught up in our ways. What I love about the churches of Christ is in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, but in all things love. It's the one. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.